0: You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire.
1: Welcome to the show.
2: Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Parekh, here with my co-host, David.
1: What's going on, David? Hey, everybody. Excited for this one. Uh, Today, we are hosting the one and only Derek Dodds. Um, Neil, why why did we want Derek on the podcast?
2: Sure. So, uh, Derek is joining us here on the podcast. Uh, We actually met Derek, did we meet a couple of times? I know we met in Mexico most recently, but I don't know if... I think we actually met in Bangkok before. Is that we right? We did.
0: I actually went to your talk in in Bangkok, the first one. And so what, three, four years ago? Yeah. But I don't think we actually spoke.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So loosely met, but then um, in short, Derek is part of entrepreneur community that David and I are also part of called the Dynamite Circle, which is about location, independent entrepreneurs, lifestyle entrepreneurs, um, so you know we uh, we've met although we're not too far from each other he's in Ojai California I'm in Los Angeles we've met in Bangkok and Mexico so most recently Mexico and uh, what really inspired me a lot about uh, Derek's conversation when I met him recently was just kind of how he thinks about life how he approaches life a lot of what he's doing in spirituality as well it it kind of it made a lot of sense to have him on the pod and talk about a lot of these things so Derek welcome
0: thank you stoked to be here yeah Derek
2: I would love to hear a little bit about your Background, and we haven't talked much about this, but like, where'd you grow up? Like, how, how'd you start off? In yeah, life? It's,
0: uh, it's quite a journey, actually. I mean, like all of us, I think we all have unique journeys, right? And so, I started off, I was born in Orange County, and I grew up in Long Beach. And I went to school in Long Beach, Long Beach State, and I studied criminology of all things. And I worked for the Feds um, as a um, federal officer with a badge and gun. Believe wow! It. No I way! Mean, wow! Yeah, um, for a few years, and they sent me back to graduate school. And I loved being in graduate school so much that I quit no. <laughs> with the Feds, <laughs> and I um, I finished my and uh, my MPA, which is a master's in public policy administration, which is basically sets you up for. Management and government or nonprofits or that sort of thing.
2: Derek, why did you decide to go into the Fed? Like during childhood, were your parents involved in the government or what caused you to want to do that to begin with? So
0: I grew up with a gun in my hand at age five, which is crazy because I'm a, see, I've been a vegetarian for 30 years now. So my dad um, put a gun in my hand at five years old and I spent you know, from five until 19, when I had a kind of a slight awakening, um, basically hunting with my father, you know, fishing, hunting, like, you know, the, the kind of living an outdoors life. So I was really familiar with guns and he was a game warden and a forest ranger. So he, you know, like he, he had kind of implanted this, um, mm, just love for the outdoors and even though you know as a hunter now I I haven't hunted in a long time but as a child growing up being a hunter you you know though you kill the animal which is you know a horrible part from my point of view now you really get to know like learn about like the you know tracking animals and um you know what you know calling them and sitting for hours you know in a field just waiting for them and watching them. So it's this weird juxtaposition where I am now. I, I don't condone hunting, but I was given the gift of being really close to animals during that time with my father. So I think that was a lot of it. He he basically um he was a big influence in my life and I probably wanted to be like him right um mm-hmm. and so that's why i i lean towards um towards federal law enforcement got it um, got it that's then- such
1: a unique story of growing up with a gun in your hand from the age of five it, it sounds crazy to me to, to think about
0: yeah yeah and for me too now also right because if you if you were to know the present derek you and i were to tell you that story you'd be like oh it seems like another person." So, um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so that's. Yeah. Derek, from there, you went to masters. You realized you liked education more than you did working for the feds. So you that's decided right. to shift your career, go into something a little bit different.
0: Yes. And, but I, I, then I shifted even further. So I finished graduate school and I, I basically, I worked for um, our university for the first like six months right out Mm. of graduate school in a, in a program that they had at the university, you know, a lot of graduating seniors end up working at the university. And, um, I, but I, I, so I'm a longtime surfer, a lifetime surfer. And I always wanted, I had been to Costa Rica, like 19 or something Mm. and, I had always wanted, I I always had this dream to drive to Costa Rica from California and surf all of the beaches, you know, Mexico, Nicaragua, El Salvador, like all these amazing beaches. And so I did it. Um, And right before I left um, at the university, I thought I, well, I fell in love with this, this woman. And um, she was from Turkey. So she we had this uh, kind of, you know, program where people would come from all over the world and do mm-hmm. the graduate work or study. And so I met this woman right before I, I left for this trip. And you're still in Southern California at this point? Yeah, I was still at the university working there, right, planning for this trip. Mm-hmm. And so I go on this trip and I'm gone for, I think I went for seven months. I I basically drove to Costa Rica. And and if anybody looks at a map, you'll see that that's not a very short drive. I think it's 4,300 miles. And, you know, it's not like, it's not like American highways, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's kind of gnarly. I was chased I was chased in southern Mexico um you know with the by a, a group of guys with guns. I mean, I had some, <laughs> that's a whole different story.
2: I, yeah. I was I was about to ask because like uh, what, around like what what years were this? Was, was... So this
0: is in the um this is in the like late 90s. Okay. And I remember uh rolling into um uh, I think Nicaragua at the time. And there were tanks like all over the place. And here I was, this, you know, American <laughs> surfer, surfer, nuts, Yeah. super naive. Right. I was like, I was, I didn't know anybody that had done that before. And I, I just wanted to do it. That's all I knew.
1: Incredible. Uh, what, what were you driving?
0: So this is the, so getting back to my dad being, um, a, you know, a, uh, uh, just a beautiful angel in my life at many moments. So when I finished graduate school, he, he bought me as a present, a brand new four wheel drive Toyota truck, Mm. which of course, when I told him I was driving it to Costa Rica, he just flipped. He was like, he was, you know, he was not happy. Let's put it that way. Um, and he was actually the last person I saw before I left. And so, that's all. Then the story gets even deeper with him in here. So I go, I take this incredible trip, you know, amazing surfing all the way down, um, get to Costa Rica. I'm in Costa Rica for a few months and I get this letter right from the woman that I had met in, um, in California before I left. Mm -hmm. And I get this letter I'm in Costa Rica, right? I'm in this like weird uh hostile place and and the letter's a little bit um thick and i open the letter and there's a round trip ticket to turkey so Woo-hoo! she was from she was from turkey right wow and so i but i'm in costa rica with my car and i'm like but i i gotta go right yeah. i i like somebody sends you a round trip ticket especially once a beautiful woman right that you think you're in love with which ended up being a whole another story um, <laughs> I decided to take it. I take take her up on it, yeah. And but the problem was my car, right? Some forty five hundred miles away. So what I ended up doing is I put the car on a cargo ship from Costa Rica back to L.A. COD in my dad's name. I, so I only had to pay for like the onboarding fees of the cargo because yeah. I didn't have a ton of money, right? So. That the, so yeah. <laughs> the, the truck go, the truck goes off to Long Beach and yeah. so I don't even tell him and I yeah. get on and I get a plane to Turkey. I had never even been to Europe before. I never my I'd only been to Bali at that point in my life, Bali, in and out of Mexico all my life, and Costa Rica. I'd never been to Europe and I'm getting on the plane to turkey and a pair of shorts and it was winter time and like one of those mexican ponchos right
2: Just pure surfer
0: <laughs> pure surfer sandals right yeah <laughs> oh man so wow that uh that took me to europe and really changed my life in a big and way
2: how were you living in europe at that point
0: so i i go to turkey to be with this woman mm-hmm. um who ended up being a real uh it, it, the dynamic was very complicated that's a whole nother podcast but okay. just, let's mm-hmm. just say that um she sent private investigators after me at some point to try to find <laughs> me and like yeah like full on like uh it was it's complicated so yeah, anyway yeah. <laughs> so she took me to europe and then i ended up going to spain and living in spain for three years after that so I what lived- we do for work at this time So when I got to Spain, I, I started, um, teaching at the university in Spain and the MBA program. So it was kind of a beautiful transition. I had always wanted to teach kind of at the collegiate level. So I, I, when I got to Spain, like they, you know, they loved me like this American, you know, surfer teaching an MBA program. And it was, I was like a slam dunk. Yeah. So Um, one question
2: after you, Derek is, um, you got on a plane like your life before was in Southern California. You do a short trip, you know it's going to be temporary. Over to Costa Rica, you're surfing around. You get a ticket to go to Europe. You're like this is a great adventure. Let me go there. The adventure continues. You end up in Spain. Um, many times, myself included, uh, you think, "No, I can't. I can't live here for three years. My life's back in California." Like this, this is what it is, right? You have a plan in mind, and I think a lot of the podcast listeners probably are on the same train. What caused you to say, "You know what"? I don't have a plan in mind. I feel comfortable with just staying around here in Spain for three years. Like, was the big decision to say I'm going to do that, or how did you mentally grab with that?
0: Yeah, this is really, that's a great question. Um, you know what? I did have a plan because when I also when I left for Costa Rica, I had a dream. So I, I have this thing where I have these dreams that I always end up doing. I had a dream where I wanted to travel around the world for a year and not work, and I wanted mm. to go. I was really interested in yoga and meditation. So I wanted to go to India. I wanted to go live in a Buddhist monastery in Nepal. I wanted to go to Australia and surf Australia. I'd never been to Australia. I wanted to go back to Bali. I want to go to Thailand. So I had this dream when I when I went to Europe that I was going to take this trip at some point. So I I think that's a really important kind of distinction to make is I didn't like willy nilly go, Oh, I'm going to go live in Europe. I was like, I'm going to take this trip at some point. This is my goal. But, but I, there are some stepping stones. And one of them was I had to work and and earn some money. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did in Europe. And so my three years, my three years in Spain was actually two years. Then I took that trip and then I went back for a year. So um, I did end up taking that trip, which was an amazing trip, and in many ways shaped who I am today. Um, and so the story yeah. continues from
2: there. So at that point, you're living in Spain, you're teaching at university, you've got exactly what you want in post Fed life. You're not you're not a Fed anymore. You're definitely not no. a Fed anymore. Yeah. And you're in the <laughs> education system. Walk yeah. me through the transition from that to entrepreneurship and like just the next phase of your life. And also, I would love to hear. Like, I almost feel like life moves in buckets. I feel like this whole phase in yeah. Europe is maybe one bucket. Um, love that. How do you define that bucket and how you transition to the next bucket of life?
0: Yeah, I always think about that part, that part of my life is like, you know, in Australia, the aborigines talk about something called walkabout where mm-hmm. they it's kind of like a coming of age. I think the in, the American indigenous tribes also have this where you get to a certain age and we've lost it in Western culture you get to the certain age and you're like kind of, you're pushed out on your own. Like you, you you remove all of the safety net, right. Which we're used to family, friends, you know, job. And that was my walkabout like, and also, and I remember, I remember getting to Europe and I didn't have any savings or anything. Right. I was like, I was just like living you know, I, I can remember this. So there was a point probably for six months. Cause I wanted to save every single cent I had for this, this, this trip. So I remember, I remember exactly what I ate to this day. I had, I bought one baguette and I cut it in three. And <laughs> then I, I made brown rice with, with olive oil and garlic. And I had and I and I had some Manchego cheese, and I like had oats in the morning, and then I and I would cut that baguette and have one with each meal, and then I would have rice and a cheese sandwich for lunch, and then for dinner I would have a salad and usually some wine, some red wine. You, you know, are Spanish, European, my friend. Like, yeah, bug, totally. Like, straight <laughs> up but baguettes and wine. It was. It was. I it's still. I mean, I eat a lot like that today. I mean, not the same way. It's more <laughs> extravagant now, but. I for like six months, I like I had that kind of regime. And, you know, I ended up well, after two years, saving enough money to take this, this incredible trip um, around the world and and really live my dream. But talking about being an entrepreneur so i was working at the university but i was also hustling outside of the university so mm-hmm. i was getting these like you know i would have a student that wanted extra lessons so i would go to their home and give them extra you know extra lessons and whatever they wanted and then i remember i even like signed up to teach at this um private uh you know um, um like uh, high school which was horrible and, you know, just to, so I was hustling all over the place and that was very entrepreneurial because mm-hmm. I like putting up ads and, you know, making money under the table. And, you know, so um, even though I had a job, it was that was really the first time when I, I really realized what it took to mark start to market yourself. Right. And, um, you know, just do whatever I could to to. I remember I had this kind of cash, you know, bag. I just kept putting cash in there all the time yeah. for that trip. Um, wow. Yeah. And I love
1: Derek. it. This is, this is so inspiring. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Derek, walk us through the transition from that. So after Europe, you know, you're there for three to four years, you did your trip. Uh, and I do want to dive into the, I'm assuming on your trip, did you end up making it to India, Nepal? Yeah. Or just, yeah. Okay. I, went I would love to dive places. into that in a second. I, I, I want to yeah. know. How did you transition from that to entrepreneurship? Namely because many times, like for example, my parents had video rental stores while I was growing up, right? They had as a local business. Uh there's the kind of entrepreneurial gene in some capacity was there. And a lot of people kind of grew up that way. Uh I'm not sure what your parents did, but like uh, how did how did you end up in entrepreneurship? Like you, you were hustling, but that's that's different from what you're doing now with pure business ownership.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, So my grandfather was an entrepreneur, and I grew up with my grandparents, actually, not my parents, even though my dad was in and out. So but he was kind of done, like he wasn't still in it. So I never had an example. And I was never like, you know, the Gary V guy that was, you know, hustling baseball car, like, I was doing none of that. I was, I played, I played sports growing up, like that was my main thing. I played water polo and swam and I surfed. Like I never even when I was in Spain, I wasn't I wasn't making money to like I didn't have this um mindset of success, like I wanna make money to be successful. I, I wanted to be free. Like for me, freedom was taking that trip around mm. the world. And I and mm-hmm. the money um just facilitated that that experience. And I think even today I don't really like business. Like, I mean, I love creativity. Like I love the creative mm-hmm. side of business, but what I love is freedom. Like freedom mm-hmm. for me is really the, it's the engine. It's, it's the, it's the, the perfume. It's, it's everything that keeps me engaged in um, in the entrepreneurial process, and I like I also like the people because I think a lot of people are in it for freedom, even though they might not know it or understand what that means. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, like being an entrepreneur is really about freedom. And the other thing is, I just don't like to work for people. Like I'm a really bad employee, and <laughs> I don't like and I don't like people telling me what to do. Like I I just don't I don't like if you're gonna tell me what to do. I just like okay I quit.
2: yeah it's funny because you this echoes a lot of what david always says of like he's in it for freedom that's his end goal that's what he's for he'd also probably be a terrible employee so probably Mm -hmm. very 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 similar in that aspect so it's interesting to hear that
1: yeah interesting very Mm, cool beautiful so so derek if you can illustrate for us so what was that journey from traveling around the world and, and having that experience into into business and pretty much like what you do today.
0: Yeah. I mean, so on that journey, uh, I spent some time in a Buddhist monastery in Nepal, and it was a, si- a silent retreat for a few months. And um, we were given teachings by a certain lama. And I came across a teacher um, called Krishnamurti, G- Jiddu Krishnamurti, who mm-hmm. was from India, but the theosophists had picked him out to be what's called the world teacher. And so he spent, the theosophists kind of adep, they adep, um, adopted him. So he really spent um, a lot of his formative years in England and then later in Ojai, which is why I'm here, mm, um, wow. and, in, and India. So he was in the three places. So in this Buddhist monastery um, studying Buddhism, I came across Krishnamurti and went really deep into Christian Murdy's work. And so, and he was that his teachings were with me for the next two years on my own personal journey. I didn't even know that he was here in Ojai and I was still leaving in Spain. So after I got back from my year trip, I went back to Spain because I fell in love with another woman. seems to be another trend in my life. <laughs> um, and so I went back to Spain to be with her. And then one of my best friends asked me to come back and be in his wedding. So I just came back to California for like a month. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like go up to Ojai and check out what these Christian Murphy people are like. Right. I just like wanted to meet other people that were doing it. So I rolled up here and never been to Ojai. I grew up in California, never been to Ojai in my life rolled up to the the foundation here and I walked in the front door uh, of the p- kind of public space and the executive director happened to be there and normally he's not there. And I walk in, he wow. says, oh, are you here for the job interview? <laughs> and, and I was, and, and I was- You're still
2: technically employed at your- yeah, I'm I'm Spain. not only
0: employed. I'm living in Spain with yeah. a then uh, very serious girlfriend yeah. apartment, which I had a one year lease on in Spain. Now, right? I'm like I'm like all in on. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm not going back to the United States. I mean, yeah. I see family and friends, but like I'm all in over there. I I really thought that was my my path. So I walk into this, this, and he's, you know, and I say, oh, no, you freak. You know, I'm like, I'm just, I didn't say that, but I thought in my head, no, I'm just here to self-study because that's really what his work is, is really self-study. But he hands me this flyer and I put it in my pocket and I, you know, I, I spend the day doing my own thing. I drive back to San Diego, which is where my friend was hosting me before his wedding. And I pull out the flyer. And as soon as I read it, I was like, this is, this is my next, this is my next journey. Wow. This is it. Why did you yeah. think that? You know what? Sometimes you're hit with something so clear. So I read it and they wanted somebody with publishing experience. They wanted somebody, they wanted somebody to help open up the market in, in Latin America and Spain specifically. Wow. Like, Like all, like it just, they wanted somebody with marketing experience. I had written a book. They wanted some, you know, like it had all, it just like was me. So there was no doubt it's like, it was me. Want someone who has previous federal agent experience. No, like, oh, that, this is that, crazy. Wasn't that wasn't on the list. <laughs> no, but that, yeah. but that knowledge ended up being very beneficial because I had to edit the books of some of the um, other organizations that were fudging some of the money. So it ah, ended up, it's all right. interesting how sometimes your past can come up and, and be beneficial.
1: To me, um, this is a, a clear case of of life clearly organizing for you to be there and that opportunity to present itself absolutely it's it's so perfect when you look at it absolutely right now yeah yeah
0: yeah and so i called and i went back for the interview and he didn't want to give me the job he didn't want to offer me the job but i wouldn't let him say no i was like you know like having all my friends and anybody with any kind of authority call and tell him how great i was and he finally offered me the job and i remember i called my partner at the time and and i said hey i'm not coming back to spain i'm wow. staying i'm staying here and she ended up coming she was still at, at university she ended up coming out a year later but like gave up my apartment i didn't even go back for furniture i was like just you know give it to the you know give it away and so and i've been here in ohio ever since um so wow
2: yeah. So you you kind of followed life's path like almost yep. you surrendered to what was happening to you realized what you should be doing you ended up moving over there your your girlfriend at the time came over. So at this point you're working for this organization how long were you working there?
0: 15 years. 15 years.
2: Wow. 15 years. And are yep. you are you
0: still working for them? I am not. No, okay. I left uh 7 years ago, 6 years ago. And while I was working for them, I really was like an entrepreneur because they, you know, it was a nonprofit, like they needed all of these specific skill sets that they couldn't afford to get that I wanted to, you know. So and then I also started my second business while still working there. I started a clothing uh, and retail company called Corazon Organics, which was vegan and uh, eco clothing. Uh, I I call it back when green was still a color, um, in the early two thousands in Ventura. So that was my first kind of foray into you know my full entrepreneurial life. Um, but I was doing both. I I was uh, I had that project and I was working at the foundation. Um, well, kind of juggling both.
2: So why why start a side hustle? I almost feel like with this yeah. job, what you're telling me is. And i paraphrase paraphrasing. You. you found your calling. You found something you liked. You know, yeah. you felt very driven in it. You feel fulfilled. But at this point, you're still starting a side hustle. Many times, people start side hustles if they want to get out of their job, if they want freedom. Um, why did yeah. you start a business?
0: Hmm. I I think I okay. I, what I'm learning about myself is I'm addicted to the creative process. Like I love having an idea and creating something that didn't exist before. There's something about that for me that's so fulfilling. And um, yeah, I saw like nobody was really doing uh, like vegan or eco clothing in the area. In fact, there's this, um, the the main trade show in, in fashion is called Magic. And it's in Las Vegas every year. It's uh, twice a year. And I remember the first time I went to Magic, There were like three eco vendors doing, you know, now it's a common thing, but nobody was doing it in the early 2000s. Nobody, and I've, Mm -hmm. I've always been, I think I've always been even a little bit early. I've been a little bit like Wave Tribe, one of my current projects was also like that. I was a little, I was, I was, I see things almost too early or I, I'm an actor. So I see something and I act. And then sometimes, not sometimes, quite a bit, I'm, I jump before I should, not job like I should take a little bit more time to care for um kind of market analysis and you know, is there enough need? You know, um, so that's definitely been one of my Achilles heels mm-hmm. um in life. Some would Dare, call it. a Dare, gift. What businesses
2: but, do you run right now?
0: So I currently have okay, so huh, um <laughs> I'm co-founder of a publishing company with my current partner called the two C's agency. And that is a, um, a literary rights agency. And that's, that's, I come, I come from that from the Christian Murdy days because I handled all of Christian Murdy's intellectual rights into the world market. So that was really my, my professional career was in, um, is, was in, uh, handling licensing basically of, of internet, of, of rights of copyright of, Mm -hmm of all of Christian Murdy's work, whether it be digital or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. uh, written. So, so we started an agency, it's been 11 years now. Um, So I'm, I'm kind of out, I'm a co-founder, but I've stepped out. I'm just advising on that. So that's, that's one project. Then I have wave tribe, which is a ecological surf company, which I started in 2007. And that's kind of my passion project. Like I love surfing. I love ecology, like, um, with Corazon, right. It was kind of the beginning of, of wave tribe. I sold that. And then I kind of, my next evolution was wave tribe. And then a few years ago I started a company called naked armor, which is a wet shaving company, which sells basically, um, uh, straight razors, straight razor kits, um, scuttles, like anything that has to do with, um, kind of mint, the men shaving it, it wet shaving, uh, market. And then I'm partners in two other small projects, but I, I won't get into that. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm all over the map, man. I'm just, I'm all over the map. <laughs>
1: I, I love this, Derek. I, I see so many resemblances between our stories. Yeah, um, it's it's so much fun to to see and and experience. I don't know if um, if you know this, but I'm about to go on a on a three month uh, meditation teacher training in Sedona for for Vedic meditation. Oh,
0: dude, and, awesome!
1: Yeah, and and a little bit of like the opposite story where I went into business first, but now I'm. Recalibrating stepping out of some businesses, mm. changing businesses that don't align so much uh, to go deeper into the meditation and and service in this way, and so I'm curious, like as you think about what you're doing right now in life uh, wh- where is your priority, where is your alignment, and kind of what is your you know mission right now?
0: yeah, well, that's a big question um so also, I can
1: simplify. Like, what what are you most excited about? You
0: don't you don't have to simplify there. Okay. um So I am most interested in my alignment with a higher power, however you want to define that, and mm-hmm. and how that energy moves through me into my daily life. And I mean, you're kind of you're kind of getting me at a beautiful time. I. Last week, I sat in a plant ceremony for the weekend here in, um, in Santa Barbara, and mm-hmm. I had a very powerful experience in which, um, for the first time in my life, all doubt was removed about my connection to divinity. And that I know that's the, that's a big statement, and I don't know if you guys even want to, you know, talk about that. I would love to. I've always, something in my life has always been calling me towards service and that, and I've always been chasing it, right? I've always been chasing it through uh, a deep intellectual approach. And this is why Mm. I was really attracted to Christian Murdy's work because Christian Murdy's work is very intellectual. It's very heady. It's very male, male energy, male dominated. And what plant medicine has, um, helped unfold is my connection between my heart and my head. And in mm. fact, in, in last weekend ceremony, I had a marriage between the two. So the two are, are very aligned now. And I'm excited about how that is going to unfold in the next, you know, whatever the rest of my life. So what I'm most excited about is that I, you know, business for me is. Um, is a mechanism to have opportunities and the freedom. So here's freedom again to really experience these, these other realms, right? I'm, I'm also involved here in Ohio. There's a um, there's an organization called meditation mountain. I'm on the board of that organization. And um, that organization is, um, is a, is a very powerful beacon of light for for humanity and so there's another place where i'm being of service so yeah it's i know when you you know if you're listening to this you're probably thinking you know what what's the deal with this guy i mean he's got he's you know how many, how many things can a person do you know in the day um so i'm so, yeah yeah
2: derek i i mean one thing i would love to hear about and i guess let me step take a step back and kind of summarize one thing i loved you said is Business is basically a tool to fulfill what you actually want to do in life. For every different person, that might mean something different, right? For you, I think that means just getting more connected. That is what you want the freedom to be able to do. And you're utilizing business to be able to do that. That's why you're doing entrepreneurship. I love that. I, it's like, I, I don't think the business should be your life. It should be the other way. Whatever business you have should be supporting whatever the hell you want to do in life. Um, my question for you is, why do you pick something difficult like business to get into, right? Like it, it's tough. Right. And you might, some people might say, Hey Derek, why didn't you just stay where you were already at for 15 years where you're already getting alignment, you're getting paid for that. Is it that you wanted to scratch an itch or why did you marry business mm. along with that?
0: Yeah. That's a, mm. I, I mean, there's a part of me that loves business, right? I love, mm-hmm. I love, um, okay. So it has got to get back to freedom. Right. I, so my days I, I, I'm in control, man. I mean, yeah. I, I am, t- I, you know, I love my life. I absolutely love my life and I've set my life. I mean, I have a really good team. I've built a great team. Mm-hmm. So for me, the business uh, aspect has enabled me to build a good team that gives me a lot of freedom during my day. Can you
2: describe your, your a day in the life?
0: Sure. So, uh, might be, it might sound kind of boring, but, um, <laughs> so I, I get up. Uh, I meditate first thing in the morning, and I. How jerk. long do you meditate for normally? So since last week, and I've been meditating longer. Uh, I I use Sam Harris app, meditation app. I love Sam Harris's work. So I've been doing twenty minutes in the morning, and then maybe a twenty minutes later at some other point. So not a ton, but I also surf almost every day, and a lot of surfing so a lot of people who don't surf don't realize that surfing is mainly sitting. <laughs> you're basically mm-hmm. sitting, waiting for the waves to come. You So you might surf an hour and a half, but you know, 85% of that, you're just sitting, looking at the horizon. And so that is another meditation for me. Um, and the
1: other 14% you're paddling to catch the wave that <laughs> you, you might miss. Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So yeah, I sit, I journal, um, I have breakfast with my lovely lady and I work for maybe an hour or two and then I go surf Um, and I surf and I usually take a walk on the beach after I surf and I go to lunch with a friend because I usually surf with a friend, one of my best friends here in town. And then I roll back um, around one and if sometimes I take a nap, if I had a vegan burrito, that was too filling, uh, which I love. There's a place called hip. If you ever come to Ohio, you got to go to the hip place. Yeah. And then I go back and I, I knock out a couple more hours of work. My team starts to come online. Um, A lot of them are either in Europe or in the Philippines. Um, And so they're coming back online. We check in and then, you know, about five, my mic, you know, crack a beer and start, you know, diving into some crypto stuff and going too far down that rabbit hole. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just um, do maybe a little bit more work. And then that's kind of it, you know, Um, then hang out and have a beautiful vegan or vegetarian dinner and um, go to bed pretty early and do it all over. That's by it's the way, man,
2: that it. doesn't sound boring at all. I think that sounds freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Meditate, surf, yeah. crypto, get some business in for for just scratching that itch, repeat. Yeah. That's freaking awesome, man. I love yeah. that. Uh, I'm curious. We were, W and I were talking about this on the previous episode. It's um, regarding how, in general, spirituality can actually assist an entrepreneurial journey. Um, so here's a hypothetical situation for you, and it's probably going to be very difficult for you to remove it. But do you think you'd be able to be as successful in business as you are right now without spirituality?
0: No way. Why is no that? Way. Well, okay. Much of, um, my practice has to do with, uh, taming or watching or being aware of, of my thoughts and my mind and my reactions. And as one starts to, understand, unravel the, the mechanisms of the mind, then there's less reaction. There's, there's more peace. There's more love. Hey, if we're making, if we're making decisions from a place of love, I mean, just life is just better, you know, and the people, your employees, your, your friends, your, um, you know, just everything, resonates, has a different resonance and a different vibration. And so, yeah, you could be successful in business if you just steamroll over people and you, you know, you're, you're spewing hate, but you know, what kind of life will you have at the end of the day? So I'm interested in a life that is, you know, leans heavy on love. And, um, so yeah, that's,
1: Yeah. And and I want to add to that, Derek, and, and say that for a lot of entrepreneurs, like you've highlighted, the goal is freedom. But then we realize that there is only a certain level of freedom you can get to through financial means and business. You have very wealthy people who are suffering and in depression, not enjoying their life and end up feeling not free. And so in many ways, in my opinion the ultimate freedom actually comes from the inside and the spiritual journey which also tends to support the external one because you're able to Mm. make better decisions and um yeah and and be more calm and enjoy the process a lot more
0: i like that that's beautiful yeah i love
1: that
2: uh yeah, actually, David, I'm curious if you want to dive a little bit more into anything regarding Derek's journey into spirituality because uh, I think a lot of the listeners might be very interested in why that came up and how that's played a real role in the life. So, David, I might let you take the helm on this one.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my questions is maybe around – I don't know if this happened in your three-month um, – stay at at the monastery or later on your self-study or in in your work together with the, with the organization. But what was kind of like your aha moment into spirituality or, or awakening as some people like to say.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you the probably one of the most profound ones that I had had nothing was happened before all of that. And it kind of Mm -hmm. will come full circle back to the beginning, which is my dad put a gun in my hand at, at five and I hunted. So I grew up with my grandparents, as I said. So like hunting was my bond to my father, right? That was, that was what we did together. He'd pick me up for opening season and we'd go, you know, do that. And we'd go for months at a time together. And at, I would, I think it was 18 or 19, he and I went out for, um, opening season in mexico uh, my family had a ranch in mexico and we'd go down for opening um, quail season so we'd go hunt quail and i uh we split up and you know basically the way it, you have this vet this hunting vest on with these bullets and shotgun and you know you're basically you're shooting birds and putting them in the vest and you know you're walking around with all of these dead birds in, in your vest. And, um, so I shot this bird and, you know, I, I don't know, I shot thousands and thousands of birds by that time from five to, to that moment. And I shot a bird. And sometimes if the, uh, if the pellet, so a shotgun shoots basically a, a group of pellets so that they're all like little b- BB, BB gun pellets. And if, if you're too far away from the actual target, it spreads. So those pellets spread, you don't get a clear shot. So I shot a quail out of the air and it wasn't a clear shot. So it was still alive. Okay. So I walked over to the quail and normally what you do is you bend down and you, you wring the neck of the quail to, to, sorry, folks who are listening to this and I know it's hard, it hurts, but I have to say it that way to kill the, to, you know, finish the job, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I walked over to the quail, um, And I looked down at the quail and it was still alive. And I looked that animal in the eye and I realized for the first time in my life that my actions were about to remove a living thing from the planet. Right. I've done it thousands of times before. Right. But something happened in that moment. And it's a great, I never thought about it as an awakening, but that's exactly what it was. And that that um, animal, that quail, looked me in the eye, and I watched it die. It did die without me touching it, and I buried it. And I had never buried it before—buried an animal or a bird before. And I walked back to the truck, and I waited for my father. And I never touched a gun for hunting again in my life. I did when I entered the feds, but that was the that moment changed the trajectory of. Of my, and a few, year, few years later, I became a, a vegetarian, you know, mm. um, and I've been one ever since. Mm. And so, yeah, that was definitely a powerful, powerful moment that didn't have any uh, reference point to any spiritual teachings or, um, you know, ayahuasca journey, or mm-hmm. it was just a moment in which I was in full alignment with what was in front of me and and sensitive enough luckily to be open to to the reality to like pure awareness i i guess you could say um and yeah amazing time
1: wow i i got total goosebumps and chills (laughs) when you were when you were sharing that story so i really really feel you there yeah hmm and yeah and i'm curious to ask you about surfing as well yeah. um what is it that you think makes it so you're so in love with surfing and and has been through life and does that have a spiritual connection as well for sure
0: and and you know like everything in life it's changed over the years you know when i surfed as a is you know when i was a kid i was probably surfing to be seen and then later i competed and then later you know it was like i was aggressive and wanted all the waves to myself and so as I've changed as a human being, my relationship to surfing has changed, and um, and so it's been this. It's I was thinking about this the other day. It's been the one thing that's been most consistent in my whole life. I I there was since I was nine. I've I've been surfing you know consistently, um, and now it's just like this beautiful expression of of nature, right? You know where. I'm in the water. The water is a really important thing for me, whether it's the ocean, a lake, my jacuzzi. You know, like I always want to be in water. Like water is something about water is really important for me. I have to be in water daily. Mm -hmm. If I'm not Mm -hmm. in water in one day, I start to get a little weird, like fish (laughs) out of water in a way. Um, So, yeah, surfing is just an amazing, you know, uh, it's so it's exercise. So it keeps me fit. You know, you get to be in nature, you get to share it with friends, um, you get to own a bunch of beautiful surfboards and, you know, play with uh, something in the physical realm. It's surfing is just amazing uh yeah don't do it out there though there's enough people please if you have if you haven't started surfing yet i please go kayak <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh Ohio's the worst place to go oh hi the worst don't it. come to ventura no. No. <laughs> awful waves uh, i i just started uh there like three years ago so i think i'm safe i'm in the category of people you're, who already you're okay. started
0: you're in the tribe you can come you can I, come I'm in the tribe
1: but i'm jealous of surfers like you who've surfed for their entire lives um Yeah, Definitely, definitely finding there's a very sharp learning curve. And it definitely feels a lot like a spiritual journey of also getting into this massive ocean. And then, you know, I'm a relatively big guy, but I'm just like this little sparkle of dust that the ocean does whatever it wants to. um, And it's very humbling. Yeah, um, A very humbling experience.
0: For sure. And you'll never, so I, you know, after all this time of surfing, I'm still learning every day. That's the other thing I love about surfing. You're always, this is much like entrepreneurship, right? Surfing and entrepreneurship. I mean, think about like, we're, there's always something new to learn we're always learning. There's always some, you know, marketing trick, copywriting, you know, whatever the product development, there's, there's so much to learn that this is the other thing I think I love about surfing and entrepreneurship is that there's just an infinite uh, body of learning that you could go into probably too much. I probably, I probably need to focus like more on one particular thing because as you heard from my you know all of the different things I'm doing I like to do a lot of different things Mm -hmm. um which is something uh,
1: yeah so a question about that Derek so you mentioned recently getting feeling like there's been a marriage between your mind and and your heart yeah and personally I found that when I'm feeling distracted or when I spread too thin uh it's many times comes from the mind and kind of Mm. Think I should be doing things, and you know, maybe chasing shiny objects. Uh, I'm curious if you had any any clarity come since um, about where you where you want to focus.
0: Yeah, that's. A, I'm not sure. I definitely something is brewing. I've I'm looking at maybe exiting a few projects. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. It's a really interesting time for me right now. You know, it it's uh, there's something there's something happening in my perspective that wasn't there before my last ceremony. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it it evolves. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm less in the chasing mode and more in the, uh, open. I'm open to see how things unfold. And I feel like before I was, I had this anxiety that I had to do. And now my, I just, I, I just want to be like I'm, i being Love is it. more important than doing for me. That doesn't mean I just sit on the couch and, you know, like I space out actually I've been doing it like I've been doing a lot of art. Uh, so I, I'm, there's a lot of that energy instead of being anxious to do, I'm, I'm creating. Yeah. It's, it's weird. The energy has just shifted a little bit for me. I'm not mm-hmm. more, not just a little bit, a lot actually. Um, We'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah.
2: Very cool. Well, Derek, uh, I know we are getting up on the time for this. So thank you very much for your time today. I think the coolest part actually when I was reflecting on this call is we barely talked about business, but I think that's (laughs) how it should be, right? That's the whole point of kind of this, what we're talking about here in this conversation Mm -hmm. with you. And a lot of what I've learned from you, Derek, is business is simply a tool to have the type of life you want. And I think you've cultivated the type of life you want through the help of business, but also just... Through spirituality, through being open and being in alignment with what you're actually looking for in life, and taking those signs, and I think I think that's really really cool. So thank you for sharing your story.
0: Thanks for having me. I enjoyed uh, hanging out with you at uh, in Mexico, and uh, please come to Ohio whenever you, whenever you want, and we'll hang Definitely. out. And you too, Dave. I know you're coming coming to Arizona, so you mm-hmm. know try to add a little if you can. You're welcome to stay at the house and. I'll take you surfing and throw you in the water a little bit. Uh, so <laughs> Thank you so
1: much. I, I would love to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All
2: right, guys, for everyone listening, uh, this is another episode of the Remote
1: Local Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Oh, before we before we sign off, Niels, uh, Derek, where can our listeners uh, find you and learn more about you? Yes. Yes.
0: So at Derek Dodds uh, is my personal or at Wave Tribe is kind of, if you're into surfing, that's the other place to go. Would love to uh, hear from you and just ping me. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Amazing. Thanks, Eric. Thank you so much, Derek. Such a pleasure.
0: Thank you, guys.
2: Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do it yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.